0: Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist podcast. My name is Vry Kaiser. I'm an editor and contributor for the site. And you can find me on Twitter, at WriterVry, where I do the things. And co-hosting my other podcast, at TrashPod.
1: I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an associate's features editor at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist.
0: We also have a very special guest with us today. Hi,
2: I'm Dawn, uh, a.k.a. Usumimi. I am the host of the Anime Nostalgia podcast, which you can find at nostalgia.blogspot.com, And you can find me on Twitter at Bunny Cartoon. That is me. Hello.
0: Thank you so much for being on, because you are, you are definitely our guide into the world of Devilman. Today we are talking about the Netflix 10-episode miniseries Devilman Crybaby, uh, directed by Masaki Yuasa, who you might know as the director of uh, Tatami Galaxy, Kaiba, or Ping Pong, or, you know, he his trademark art style has appeared in individual episodes of Space Dandy, Samurai Champloo, Adventure Time. Uh, whenever you see those really flat colors and sort of paper doll looking characters with the really stylized uh, contrast, that's probably a, a UASA joint. Dawn, you are you are a longtime fan of the series? How, how long have you been into Devilman?
2: Oh, gosh uh probably since the 90s i want to say because that sounds about right because mm-hmm. i the first thing i ever saw of devil man was the the old ovas back in the day uh the ones that manga released here <laughs> with that classic dub that people are rediscovering now <laughs>
0: <laughs> right that was the that was the very first devil man thing to make it over right
2: uh anime wise yes Mm. anime wise yes um comic wise like it, they've tried to bring devil man over here like a couple times but in really weird bizarre ways that would never sell in a million years so it never you know hmm. really took off or anything nobody really cared <laughs> uh the most it ever got was the attention of uh, what's it uh the one guy from dan uh danzig yeah danzig um the the heavy metal musician uh he he really really likes going guy and he really really likes devil man and he tried to make that happen and like nobody cared (laughs) but you know bless him for trying he was he's a big fan so he was just like everybody should like devil man
0: well well there's also that uh that one live action film starring the chairman from iron chef which i believe is based on devil man
2: Yes, the the live action devil man which is not very good.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely want to watch it now. <laughs> I don't mind if it's, it's not good.
0: It's pretty bad. Okay, now I have to Crying Freeman. I I've, I've be- no, maybe some internet if I am wrong. Tell me.
2: Um, well, I don't know who's. I can't remember who's in. There was a live action Devil man in the early two thousands or mid two thousands. If that's the one you're talking about,
0: um, possibly it could. No, this is 1995, so it, it's possible that I am talking about a terrible, glorious adaptation of an entirely different. I know there it. was
2: a there was a live action Crying Freeman, uh, but I haven't seen
0: that. But it's magical. It,
2: yeah, I've heard it's pretty amazing, though.
0: <laughs> I took but, some ta- a tangent to something else entirely.
2: Uh, well, I mean, it kind of uh, it kind of works with you know Devil Man because uh, you know uh, Crying Freeman he cries all the time after he kills somebody. It's, it's very sad. sad. Uh, so Devil Man Crybaby he cries when when people are sad because empathy.
0: Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's an interesting thing, because um, I guess to give, like, this is, by the way, going to be a complete spoiler cast, because there's really no way at all to talk about this anime if you don't, and also it's available in its entirety to binge, so, like, stop here, go and come back. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're expected to binge this show. If you didn't, you didn't watch it right, because binge on (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to just mainline it all in one day. That's how Americans like consume did.
1: media. Yeah, no other way around yeah,
0: it. I did the first half over a couple days, and that was kind of a mistake. Because the first half is much weaker anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If 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 you stop, if you lose momentum in those early parts, you're not going to come back to this, I don't think.
2: Yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder if like they made it with like that in mind that they were going to that they knew that people would just, like, watch all of this in one go. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, Peter, you were looking in a little bit to the production history, yeah? Where, um, where Netflix kind of swooped in at the last minute and became the uh, the distributor.
1: Uh, yeah, I, well, I've been following a couple conversations on that. My understanding is uh, it was I, – I don't want to – my understanding is – I will repeat that because I, I don't know any of this as a fact – uh, but I think they were originally planning to make it like a movie or a two part movie or an OVA or something like that, and they were having trouble getting the project mm-hmm. together. Um, it was, yeah, originally not a Netflix project, but I think they were having issues, and then uh, Netflix came in and, and basically got the rights uh, mm-hmm. that allowed them to finish it, but I don't, they weren't really ever part of the production now.
2: Yeah, when I was at uh, Anime Fest last mm-hmm. year, um, I actually asked. Because I was just really curious uh, at the uh, Yuasa panel, I asked him, "Like, did did you just like go to Netflix and be like, I want to make a Devil Man anime?" <laughs> because I was just really curious, like, how did how did that happen? And he was like, "Oh no, it was you know, uh, I was having a conversation with the people who were, uh, you know, basically trying to put it together and." he was like, Oh, you're working on a Devil Man thing and they were like, Yeah, you know, actually it would be pretty cool if you worked on it. Would you want to work on it? And he was like, Wow, that would be really hard. Like Devil Man is such a thing, you know? And hmm. he was like, I don't know if I can do it, but I wanna do it. And so he was just like, Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And then he said like Netflix came in later and was just like, Yeah, we wanna help you make this thing. Here's a bunch of money. Just keep doing what you're doing.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading the thread now. So it looks like it was Anaplex and Dynamic Planning were the ones that put the project together. Uh, it was going to be a mm-hmm. film or an anime. Uh, and then they offered it to Netflix to distribute. So I don't even know if it was necessarily discovered by Netflix. Uh, and I think Anaplex just kind of went to them. And yeah. Anaplex, I guess, thought, or, uh, sorry, uh, Netflix thought it was attractive enough to buy global rights to it.
0: Well, I mean, it has some of the same general appeal is that they sold Castlevania on, except that Castlevania was a lot more campy, so I can see how they thought this would, would sell. Well,
1: yeah, Netflix definitely leads into uh, gothic and or fantasy, because they also have Seven Deadly Sins, uh, Violet Evergarden, Fate, uh, just all the Fates that they can get their hands on. So there's there's definitely like a Netflix type, usually high production fantasy or gothic horror type.
2: They also um, previously, they uh, had also already had the rights for distribution for um, outside of Japan, I think I'm not sure if it was inside Japan as well. But for the uh, Cyborg 009 vs Devilman special that they that came out uh, not too long ago, uh, and that was on there. <sighs> and then Netflix also had carried a bunch of Yuasa's stuff previously, like Mind Game and Genius Party and like all that stuff.
1: Did they? I know uh, G Kids owns those now uh and i i don't know if they purchased those from netflix or maybe the license ran out and they they picked i i
2: I believe the license ran out because they were on there for like a a few years and then they just recently in the past two years uh
0: went away
1: geez i i never knew i would have watched those on netflix for sure
0: (laughs) yeah I i was about to say that um i i thought that this had been the first devilman animated property in a while, like since Devil Man Lady in the early 2000s, but there have been specials since then, huh?
2: Yeah, the um, Cyborg 009, 009 and um, versus Devil Man thing, I think, was supposed to be for the uh, Cyborg 09 anniversary or something like that. Um, and it was, it was okay. It was more like just a weird sort of like hey, we have these two properties. Let's put them together and make a weird thing. And uh, we'll get Jam Project to sing a song for it. It'll be cool. <laughs> and it was interesting. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say, uh, oh, if you like to Cry Baby, go run out and watch that right now. Because they're tonally, like, way different.
0: <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me because uh, Devilman strikes me I've been calling Crybaby the uh, the woman called Fujiko Mine of the Devilman franchise, as it struck me because there was, you know, kind of this big cultural property that was getting more and more. Uh, I don't want to say creatively lazy. I can't say that for the Lupin franchise. I've I've watched <laughs> a lot of Lupin, but I can't speak to Devilman. That uh, then at at had this auteur director come in and direct this very special limited run that did a lot of artistically daring things. So I no, guess
2: I'd, I'd say that's a fair comparison because Devilman had been kind of like not really doing a whole lot and not really going anywhere. And this is the like 50th anniversary, like Go like 50th anniversary of uh, doing manga, I believe. Yeah. So you see a lot of that, like uh, Go Nagai 50th anniversary logo going around. Um, so they wanted to do something special. And that's why you're seeing like, you know, there's going to be a new cutie honey next season. And like all this
1: other stuff. Yeah, it looks like he so, recently did a manga, Devilman Chi, uh, yeah, three years ago. So he recently did another manga for yeah, the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: And I think it was uh, was it Devilman Grimore? That manga came out for the fortieth anniversary uh, about ten years ago. So like you know, there's there's stuff that's been coming out, but it's just not been like you know, selling like hotcakes or anything like that. <laughs>
0: This is something I want to discuss, because the Devilman continuity is truly labyrinthine. Oh, so there's it's
2: ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so there's, okay, so there's the original Devilman manga, then there's Devilman Lady, which is the official sequel that got cancelled, then there's Violence Jack, which is a sequel to Devilman Lady, maybe, and then there's some, some reboots and remakes and spinoffs in there. I got yeah, very that, confused.
2: There's like Shin Devil Man. There's um, Demon Lord Dante, which is like proto Devil Man. That was like be- Devil Man before Devil Man. Uh, there's uh, like all just all these kind of offshoots and things that are kind of like not really sequels or prequels or anything, but they're still kind of connected. And then like uh, other characters from his other works show up. So like if you're. Uh, if you somehow decide you're going to watch Violence Jack or read Violence Jack... Like, Cutie Honey is in there for no reason, really. She's, she's Celine, right? She's just there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> What's going on? So sometimes I like to think... You know, that's why I think recently I said something on Twitter about... Like, kind of comparing him to, like, Tezuka. Because, like, Tezuka kind of does the same thing with some of his properties and... The star and characters. system. yeah. So, it's it's not quite the same, but it, like, his characters pop up, like, over and over again, doing sometimes the same thing, sometimes slightly different, but still the same, sort of. And it's like, what? Uh So, it's just a mess. It's just...
0: <laughs> I, I did not know who to blame Tsubasa Reservoir Chronicle on, and now I do.
2: Yes! Clamp is, like, Clamp is a, a huge fan of <laughs> Gona guys. Uh... Which is funny because, like, uh, you know, just recently, up until now, up until Devil Man, like, not a lot of people in the West were really, you know, uh, they didn't really go know Gonagai's work other than like, oh, he made Devil Man, oh, he made Cutie Honey, but that didn't mean like a lot to them because they'd never seen Devil Man or they'd never seen Cutie Honey. Uh, so now that everybody has seen Crybaby, which is. Uh, basically, an adaptation of the original manga. Now they're like, mm. oh, so he made a lot of weird stuff, huh? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So when you say like, oh yeah, Clamp was definitely uh, a fan of going a guy's, it's like, oh, that makes sense because like, it's totally messed. A lot of their stuff is totally messed up.
0: They're they're dojins where they give where, where they uh, give Rio and Akira. Uh, Tiny children, because of reasons, are very cute. Yeah, yeah. They have an egg baby.
1: (laughs) Do you think uh, Stephen King might be a Gona Guy fan?
0: I would buy it. Uh, I I definitely had a King period in high school, and I don't recall him mentioning it.
1: But I would buy it. You got the Dark Tower, which is kind of a similar mess of everything he's ever written crammed into a single chronology.
0: Yeah, that actually, (laughs) um, to bring it back around to Crybaby in specific, uh, this is... So Gonagai's Guy's franchise of work seems to a lot of them seem to work together because time loop or uh, at least like rebirth, uh, and this is this is a series that uh, overtly, like the entire series, kind of hinges on that factor. At least the ending in a lot of ways. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit.
1: So you're basically saying all these things could exist because uh, it seems like Devil Man kind of has this cyclical history where. Very likely, humans continue to get wiped out uh, by Rio slash Satan.
0: Well, specifically in violence, Jack. Uh, Rio is a reincarnation who is like specifically existing the way he does because he wants to be punished because he of what he did to uh, Akira. Oh, okay. If I've read correctly cool yeah
2: i think that's re- i mean i haven't actually read violence jack because, i did
0: a little but... research and then said i will never read this yeah 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 do um... i look like i need heterosexual <laughs> rio asuka in my life no no i do not thank you
2: oh yeah yeah don't make the mistake i did and and uh watch some of that anime when you're young like don't, oh. don't do it oh i'm sorry <laughs>
0: um, but yeah to me the because the you know time loops are kind of in vogue you know speaking of people inspired by gona guy you know evangelion's theory of uh, of a thousand multiverses and also oh, yeah, rebuild sure. as a as a, like a time loop thing it's it's very much you know to to me it seems super significant and it's why i find the ending of crybaby to be a hopeful one rather than kind of a bleak tragedy like the original manga is uh it ends yeah. on
2: Mhm mhm yeah the original manga is very depressing right <laughs> and at, i mean at, at at first glance the the end of crybaby can seem pretty depressing as well because i mean obviously but it it also you kind of frames it as like well this this isn't the first time this happened it like if you pay attention to like all of the 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 visual clues that they're leaving in this like they're like oh well this could happen again because it already happened again (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so you know it's just like one of those things like like you said like evangelion like oh they're just cursed to just keep replaying their roles over and over again because uh satan can't get his shit together and can't figure out what love is (laughs)
0: Well, that's what struck me as interesting about Crybaby specifically, because like, um, I don't know if you saw that that real good tweet thread that was looking at the visual language and specifically the moons in the various yes. apocalypse sequences. Yeah, yeah. Um, that so was really great. Yeah. Well, and the, it, uh, the they were talking about you know the moon as representative of Satan circling Akira and never being able to get closer to him, and you know this body that reflects but cannot produce their own light, and you know it's. It, I think that thread came out reading it as like a, an endlessly repeatable tragedy, but I kind of read it a lot more hopefully than that because like now there are two moons. Now the moon mm-hmm. is not alone because he has grasped love and and it's like the dark tower, you know, where you start a new timeline and something is, something is notably different. And mm-hmm. so like there's mm-hmm. the implicit hope that things will go differently this time rather than being endlessly re- uh, recursive.
2: It also kind of makes you think like, if, if you're viewing this, as, if you're viewing Crybaby as like the second go around, that's why it makes sense why things aren't exactly how they went down, like in the manga and why things are just slightly different. Like everything's the same, but just slightly mm-hmm. different. And right. so you're like, oh, okay, if I look at it this way, right. that makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> Well, and like the the mere decision to end it on the Earth being destroyed and coming back again, rather than I think I looked up the last the last page of the manga is just Rio looking up, and uh, and the angels are there, and then that's mm-hmm. the last panel.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like what? oh geez, like we're fucked, aren't we? <laughs> that's some bleak
0: shit. <laughs> it's but like...
2: uh, th- that's uh, one of the reasons why uh, I feel like. Baby, I want to go back and rewatch it again, a second time, because I feel like because of the way it ended, it would really you would get more out of it with a second viewing. I think mm-hmm. just to sort of pick up more on those sort of things that you might have missed. I mean, also because like it just goes at breakneck speed.
0: So <laughs> yeah, it's it's boy that mm, that first half is rough. <laughs> That first half is rough. It's like, I I have a lot of respect for what the, I I feel like um, once it gets into the second half and the, uh, the track meet, it really has like a firm idea of what it wants to do. And, Mm -hmm. and like a thrust in a character, although Rios arc has some bad pacing, (laughs) Um, but that first act is a lot of like, it's the monster of the week uh, kind of things. Mm -hmm. And, and especially Miki is so very, like, objectified and sexualized in, like, a super gross and non necessary way. It's uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things that are uncomfortable about Devil Man in right. general, uh, and in this one, too.
0: Yeah, it, um, it's because, like, it's not that I'm, like, you know, I didn't mind the orgy scene in the premiere or, or anything. Like, I I'm fine to an extent with the fact that this is. Clearly a very overt story about adolescence and sex and violence and like mm. the driving forces of humanity or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. human id. But there's just there is something very, very weird in like the photography arc being a lot of us getting to see Mickey naked while while he rec- rescues her and she's unconscious. But then her arc in the second half of the series is that is about how she's very... Pure. She's this very pure and sexless, you know, figure. It's mm-hmm. it's this weird. She's like a savior, duality, basically. Right. Yeah. And it's it's coded as as her being this very pure Madonna kind of character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't like. I uh, in retrospect, I was thinking about a lot of different plot points that just kind of. And I, I don't know if this was necessarily because it was rushed, but I, I just almost they felt confused or contradictory, like the whole Taro turning into a demon thing. I'm not quite sure how he got possessed because that kind of defies the logic that they set up for how people got possessed in the first place.
0: That that one kind of made sense to me because like they have those, I I found them mildly irritating in an awe, the precocious kid is watching porn kind of way, but at least it makes sense as a through line that because like he is absorbing this societal violence, he becomes a like he becomes a mindlessly consuming demon which then becomes a slightly mixed metaphor because our our demons a metaphor like okay devil men are a metaphor for marginalized and oppressed people um but mm- yeah it's
2: uh, it's it's kind of frustrating at times because like at, at times a lot of the premises in devil man like every version of it even the original one feel like kind of paper thin like they're just barely holding on together. Um, And I think part of it is when, when Go Nagai like originally made this manga, since Crybaby is basically like an adaptation of the manga, um, he was writing it basically week to week. He didn't really know where it was going or how he was going to end it uh, up, uh, up until I think he said maybe halfway through. When he first when he first started the manga, it was uh, a collaboration between, um, uh, was it T- Toei that does the anime, um, who did the original anime? Uh, they were basically like, okay, we want to use a bunch of your ideas to make this show, and he was like, okay, here's my ideas and a general idea of, like, what the characters are like and, like, their story and stuff. And they were like, okay, we're going to make this anime. And then they made the anime, he made the manga. Oh, was it simultaneous? The manga came, like, started, like, just before the anime did. So the anime is, like, kind of similar, but goes a completely different direction. So it's,
1: like, the opposite of Revolutionary Girl Utena. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, where the, the anime is, like, really kind of, like safe and and super sort of kid safe, friendly yeah and yeah and more family friendly because it played at like i think eight o'clock at, at night or something it was like an 8 p.m time slot mm-hmm. uh and it was more of like almost like a tokusatsu hero sort of thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh where you had a monster all the t- like every week and like devil man had to fight him and he had like you know super special powers he had devil man punch and devil man kick and devil man beam and <laughs> and all that <laughs> stuff Um, whereas, like, in the manga, he was like, yeah, it's gonna be this weird horror story where, like, I don't know, for a couple chapters, like, he's gonna fight demons, and then I'm gonna just take it in a completely different direction. So, I feel like when Yuasa was like, yeah, I want to do a pretty faithful adaptation of the manga, like, that kind of lends to the pacing problem, because the pacing of the manga is really all over the place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's... I mean, I get... (sighs) It's one of those things where, like, well, this is definitely one of the better cases of a fan of something that made an adaptation of it. But right. also, I'm not sure that the original source had really poor problems figuring out what story it wanted to tell early on. is a thing you desperately need to carry over to an, an adaptation 50 years later.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> I think that was part of the problem was, like, you know, he was like, well, I want to make it, like... A faithful adaptation because i really like it because he said he was a huge fan he really enjoys devil man mm-hmm. um but uh, like you know that that poses the problem like how do you do faithful adaptation and i think he tried and succeeded mostly pretty well but it still does have like the pacing problems and uh sometimes you can't keep the 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 rules of the de- <laughs> the devil man and the demon and stuff like straight because I don't think even going a guy really knew what he was talking <laughs> about. Yeah. or just like so. thematic
1: dissonance like uh, Mickey's speech scene where everybody hugs devil man and then they get in their cars drive to her house and burn her at the stake which just felt weird
0: I mean that's it's not subtle at all but also it's like I see you're doing a hilarious uh, hilariously obvious duality of man thing okay anime fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I guess uh, it,
2: it's a little different for me, maybe, because I'm like, oh, I already know what's, what's, what's coming when I was watching it. So maybe that uh, was a bit of a uh, hindrance for me because I was like, oh, this is going to be a part where, like, you know, they all go kill Mickey. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, I knew what was coming. But uh, a lot of people had no clue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although I did I did uh, hear from some people where they were like, oh, yeah, I knew Mickey was going to die in, like, episode two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I it mean, is... That, is, that is how that trope always, always, always works. It's one of my least favorite tropes is uh, the yeah. guy's got something going on, and he tries to protect a girl he knows by keeping her in ignorance, which inevitably yeah. l- makes her more in danger because she's not forearmed when the, the trouble eventually comes around to her. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, uh, she gets decapitated.
0: So. Yeah, pretty much. great. Yeah. Great trope. It is, it, it <laughs> is interesting to me to like talk about how uh, you also wanted this to be a faithful adaptation because I think the addition of Miki Kuroda is one of the best parts of the of Crybaby.
2: Yeah, I I, I feel like the things that he did add to it really sort of lend themselves well to what he felt were like the really strong parts of devil man, which are like, obviously like war is bad. And, you know, uh, the, uh, the whole like duality of man thing, like you were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff that you can, you can really sort of dig into thematically, uh, when you're sort of picking apart the things in original devil man. And, So I really appreciated that I was like, okay, he, he kind of knew what was going on. And he felt like he had some more to add to this and some more to say and sort of like update it with some more timely aspects, Mm -hmm. which I appreciated. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, like it's. Like Miki is Miki is just a great character. I guess I should call her Miko. I feel bad because she's so mad about it. This fictional character is so mad about being called Miko. <laughs> but for for ease, we will just call her Miko. Um, but it feels so necessary because I think Yuasa was aware that maybe if we make the only not straight character literally Satan that in our story about like marginalized people, maybe that's a bad thing that we shouldn't do. <laughs>
1: Well, there was the other track runner, too, who ends up joining the villains as well.
0: Yeah, Mm Koda, oh my god, Koda would be unbearable if if Miko did not exist. Like, I I find him tolerable as a sort of tragic, pathetic figure, um, because there is also Miko being this very heroic figure, and, um, you know, Mm Ryo doing his thing. Yeah. In combination with the hopeful ending. But, yeah. God, Miko is good. Except for... (laughs) Except I don't know why we needed the the weird rape masturbation scene, because early, early crybaby has issues that could have been streamlined.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that that, that, that felt that was, weird. I didn't because they had that scene earlier, and then she admits her love for Mickey near the end.
2: I I I kind of wondered about that too because I was like, I feel like there must be something behind that, but I can't quite really grasp what he was going for with it, especially the whole donkey noise thing oh that, yeah yeah that was no. oh that
1: was weird i like i don't know why they were making that comparison uh yeah. and like they called Animal her out like lust, twice or guys. three times yeah yeah it was weird she kept <laughs> like getting I called don't... out for making donkey noises like three different people <laughs> I,
0: I...
2: I was I, I was just like okay there there has to be some sort of reasoning behind this uh, but i am at a loss like i i'm i cannot think of anything <laughs>
0: It's it's so weird that in like this very exploitation gore show I, I I'm fine with all the sex and the gore and except like you could do without basically like 99% of the non-consensual shit and it would be fine. Mm. It would be fine.
2: I also feel like if they had just left if they'd left that part out mm-hmm. and just had the part near the end where Miko was like, Oh, and like, I really loved you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been a stronger, uh, without the whole, you know, right weird donkey noise. Yeah, that part I, I can't <laughs>
1: figure out what they were trying to accomplish with it later because they, they, I mean, she met that one guy and he did the rap and then. Uh, I actually don't know died what died
0: off screen. I don't
1: even know what happened to him because it's sort of implied that he died at the club. But then was that him yelling uh, at the police that his old friends had a gun? Uh, in I, the no, store? I think he
0: died off screen because they, they you, you get a close up of his severed fingers and you can see his tattoo. On him. Yeah, but
1: that's after the scene. I mean, that looked like him. But for some reason, he wasn't with Miko, uh, but he was in the same store. That was him, right? But I, all I know, I, I just know to call him Butterfly Guy because I don't remember his real name, which is kind of funny because that was that was his big deal was nobody could remember who he was. Um, but, yeah, then I guess he dies sometime after, like, shit starts getting dystopic because uh, you see his severed fingers later on when, I guess, Miko's just kind of wandering around from house to house um, mm-hmm. during her disappearance. It's, it's really, yeah, that, that's one of the things, that in retrospect, I'm just like, what was what was going on there. It felt like that scene was supposed to get, that's what got the gangsters on Mickey's side, but mm-hmm. just kind of the, the narrative engineering around it kind of just created more holes than it helped to, to fill. Right.
0: Yeah. It, it, it I've seen a, a bits, a, bits here and there of discussion around how, um, how Crybaby versus like the original devil man handled this, this concept about like, you know, demons as fear of the next generation. And I don't I can't really speak so much to the to the manga, but it feels like Yuasa's version is definitely trying to grapple with that by, you know, having these gangster characters where who are voice acted by actual rappers in the Japanese rap scene um, and, you know, very prominently including queer characters as the devil men who, who are able to grapple with these demons and use them to become stronger. And I, I'm not, it, it's, it's a little bit of a shaky metaphor in places, but it, it feels like it's something he thought was important and, and really wanted to grapple with that. These are things because it's so primarily like the military and adults and whatnot, who start, who start the panics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you find
1: out that the adults are the like the, the authority figures are the demons and they're telling everybody that you need to, not trust these people who don't conform to society uh mm-hmm. and then that you know the cameras turn off and all of them turn into monsters uh so mm-hmm. yeah i think he was kind of a
2: uh, yeah not very subtle well yeah, yeah. <laughs> it
1: was a it was a kind of uh, what do you call that a heel turn on that idea Inten- and i mean very mm-hmm. intentionally uh so i, I can mm-hmm. dig that i mean one of the things i thought was very powerful about the apocalypse and the evangelion because we have to make that comparison a couple times probably uh, is that it was sort of the result of uh, these very paternalistic figures in Sele and Gendo fighting over the ability to sort of write the new era of the world. And, of, of course, it, that ended up kind of leading, making Shinji suffer and leading him down this path that eventually ended in this awful apocalypse uh, because he couldn't, uh, he couldn't handle that sort of situation on his own. And he hadn't really received gallant, uh, guidance. He'd just been manipulated um, and of course they wanted to take the reins of that themselves. So I feel I like in, in that way, it was very similar where everybody's just sort of trying to guide the future and make it in their own image. And, uh, then we ended up with a blasted hellscape in a red ocean.
0: Yeah, it's, yep. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a little unfortunate that there's kind of this disconnect in, in how Rio's plot arc is paced because once, once he starts. Like the the point from which he goes to following uh, to being from being Tamoyo and following um, Akira around with a camera (laughs) to like actively pushing for the end of the world when he still doesn't know that he's Satan is it's a little bumpy. It's a little bumpy. It's like he's two different characters. Yeah,
1: yeah, I had a problem with that, too. It felt very like I could feel the Tyler Durden uh, about to appear. But (laughs) the thing with Fight Club was uh, everything Tyler Durden did was just sort of like the subconscious desires of the main character. It's just things that, like, moralistically he wouldn't want to do. It was just kind of like the Mm -hmm. toxic masculinity within him, right? That was the whole message Mm -hmm. of Fight Club. Um, But Mm -hmm. in Ryo's case, like, it's literally like there was another brain inside him that was doing things while he was asleep that was not i don't know where rio starts and satan begins i feel like i know where tyler durden stop starts and and uh god i don't even remember where the other character's name is in fight Club. he doesn't have a name oh, oh he doesn't well they named him in. yeah
0: they just call him jack they named him
1: in the movie right
0: well no the, he has this running thing about how he's jack's ex because of a because of a news article that he read but he's he's just called the narrator generally anyway all
1: right well you, you know what i mean yeah like there, yeah, I do. there's 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 sort of distinctions and then it's just like was rio did he ever exist uh i don't know but even, even well, it, i get the feeling that all of that would have happened even without because he said demons were starting to appear before he got there anyway would the result have been any different whether or not satan existed
0: well in other versions it's um rio the person died and satan took over his body right Ah.
1: Uh. I would get that. Like if Satan was just using him as a vessel and then kills him when he doesn't need him anymore. But I guess kind of like it's a Griffith thing where he still feels the love of his, his, uh, we can't go down that way. Don't make me the weird nineties
0: Griffith stand. All
2: right. (laughs) I I was just thinking earlier today, are we going to start seeing Rio did nothing wrong?
0: Oh no. It's already happened. (laughs) Rio did a lot of things wrong and I like the gay Satan. Ah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fandom is circular. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this uh, crybaby kind of proves it with the with the end of Evangelion ending. There. I don't know. It, it,
1: <laughs> um, I I know you said that the ending was kind of hopeful, but I really felt like the story is just kind of about the death of hope, even with Yuasa's changes. Like it seemed like it was just sort of snuffing out every hope there could have possibly been. And and Satan's whole deal was he was trying to, uh, I guess fight God because God was this calculating callous uncaring being in the sky and then God ended up not helping mankind and just glassing the planet after the fact anyway.
0: That was interesting to me actually because as I gather, like in in the anime Rio talks uh, Satan talks about he came to earth and he discovered demons and he liked that they were so like simple and straightforward you know, in their emotions. But in the manga he talks about like being mad if I am, done my research correctly like like being upset that these were creatures who were made by god but were rejected and i don't know why that was changed because it seems like the former version would fit in really well with what crybaby was doing
2: yeah that was uh, the way the first half like portrays rio like you were saying was was really different than the original uh story Like, in the original story, he he basically goes to Akira and explains exactly what he wants to do to him. Because he's like, after all this research and all these things, like, this is what's going on. These are what demons are. And this is what's happening. But if we told people, they would panic. It would be anarchy. It would be awful. Uh, So I want to turn you or me... Well, he kind of does, like, it could be either one of us. But I think you would would work well because you know you you have such a you have such a pure heart and you're a good person and you have a good strong sense of justice uh you know he really drives that home like you know you're you have a very strong sense of justice and like if if we could if we could combine with a demon or a devil or something maybe we could fight back and akira is like okay i i'm scared but i trust you ryo because you're my friend Like, so he lays all the cards out on the table for him and explains everything before they go to this party. But in Crybaby, it's just like, hey, what up, Akira? We're going to this party. (laughs) (laughs) And so he he doesn't really explain, like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm taking you to this party because I want you to turn into a half-demon thing to help save the world. So I
1: assume the revelation is different where... Rio purposefully reveals to humanity that demons exist uh or in the manga is it such a grand uh, it's
2: similar i believe he does it on tv it's been a long time since i've uh looked through the manga but it's it's very similar it's just not as uh i i want to say he didn't seem as cold and calculating as he kind of did in crybaby where he
0: was just like
2: yeah here's some doctored footage of my friend
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing this for you honey yeah
2: (laughs) um so it it almost feels like this at times crybaby's real like doesn't seem as caring but that might be you know part of yuas's whole like he doesn't totally understand his feelings yet he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't understand it so he's like trying to pull against it at times like
1: I mean we rel- it, we literally it, don't yeah. know what Rio's mental state is during this because we don't know when it's him acting or when Satan's acting or if Rio like ever right. even existed it, kind of
0: it's it's
2: it's it, interesting
0: and it, it <laughs> feels like an important thing to have because like I know he's he seems to have from interviews been trying to do this thing where like Akira is the protagonist, but it's Rio's story kind of thing. But it feels like that was uh-huh. that would be a really, really important distinction to make. Like I can see kind of what he's trying to do because, you know, early Rio has statements about how like I would do anything for you. You're the only person I care about. Very, yes, God exactly. bless him. This fucking this fucking boy. I'll shoot and, this skull then, girl
1: in the head to make sure that your identity never gets out.
0: Yep. <laughs> And, and, I'm gonna blow up this old lady <laughs> and, and then like also saying with perfect seriousness no I don't think demons can love like I I can kind of see him trying to set up this this moment at the end but I feel like it was still a little clumsy in places where it really needed to be clear yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah I I, I I it is a very good way of kind of it's like about the whole story is about Tyler Durden's like friend or somebody in this gang or something just kind of a not you're not sure who was who or when
0: it's and i i kind of like that sort of second person that that kind of second person focus in, in stories but they have to be really carefully crafted
1: yeah i mean i there there have been other there have been other kind of turns like that where like a character realizes that they've been doing things that they don't know about where i i feel like there's a better perception of like whether they changed or or what? Yeah, with Rio, I was just—I just by the end of it, I didn't—I—I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like he—I wasn't sure if he was a character.
0: It's, and I mean, it's not like it's—it's it's not like um, Akira is like completely uninteresting. He's certainly a very like I—I I, I appreciate, especially considering that this is a 50-year-old manga from the 70s, what it is at least trying to do with the idea that masculinity, you know, that that. Empathy and crying and showing your emotions are very important parts of of those of you know growing up and being male and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the most powerful scene in the entire series for me was uh, Taro's dad uh, when mm-hmm. he when he came upon Taro and and his wife in the tent. Oh, because yeah, he that was so hard to watch. Yeah, I think he was in this place where he he felt like it was his responsibility to kill them both uh but he mm. just couldn't like make himself commit that act of violence mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh i mean i knew it was i even knew it was coming and it was still like super hard to
1: watch that yeah they did they I did mean- they drew that out and i think that was a, a good idea that scene was super that was I, that was the, my favorite scene i think
0: yeah it's well he's a new addition as well um and and so is um mickey being mixed race right
2: um well Miki's parents are in the manga but um I don't think they are mixed race in the manga. I'm pretty sure they're just both normal uh Japanese uh, parents. Um but the way it plays out is not nearly as emotionally impactful mm-hmm. as it is in Crybaby. <laughs> right.
0: Well and I've I've heard a lot of um you know the the talk of being a of halfu is is also a really really rough experience if you're living in japan so that also mm, yeah i mean i mean i i'm sure yeah. it's partly so that they can have really ham-fisted conversations about christianity yeah. because got this yeah. this fucking story bless its heart but also it, it's a way of, of making miki part of this group of outsiders um and it's mm-hmm. it's nice and this this goes nowhere in particular but i really really love the scene where where the two Mickeys have, like, this really joyful moment of connection right before they fucking die. Yeah. But also all my yeah. tears.
2: Oh, the, the the baton, the passing the baton. Oh, oh God.
1: Yeah, I love that analogy up until it hit Ryo, and it was just like... Yeah. Uh, I went...
2: God, that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. Yeah. It was so well done, though. It, it was a great... It was a great way to kind of tie all of them together. It was,
1: I, I think. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know. I think when Mickey died, th- that's when the show lost me, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt like that's when they basically just said... Because uh, there was another sort of like narrative leading up into this. It was kind of like... Uh, what With what you were saying earlier, Akiwa, Akira was a, a decent character. And they had this like teen wolf thing going on with him, right? Where he was having mm-hmm. like these sexual urges that he was afraid of. Uh, and these violent... Urges, and they, they started getting into that, like uh, where he's wondering whether he can kind of keep up being a human as well. And that's why he feels this need to, to redeem other people like him uh, so that he can prove that uh, either people can stay people or there's some ways that demons and humans can coexist, which I feel is very important for kind of keeping this idea of hope moving forward. Uh, like with the next cycle or whatever like that. Because regardless of what Satan thinks, demons will still exist, right? And apparently they're unkillable and they are uh, violently inclined uh, and have the ability to possess humans. So there's literally uh, no way that the demons will ever, ever, ever go away. Uh, So having this idea that uh, they can kind of coexist and having uh, Ryo sort of, or uh, Akita kind of prove that at least before... Satan's influence ends up fucking everything up. I think would have been kind of a strong indication that, like, maybe the next time around, the humans and demons can find some sort of way to, or I don't know, the, the, the demons can be defanged and they can live alongside one another, or I don't know, just some way of solving this freaking demon problem. Uh, and <laughs> and I felt like since that was sort of pushed under the table with this like evolving Rio into Satan situation. It kind of led to this sort of ap- apocalyptic scenario where kind of the only one left was Mickey, who was sort of, uh, or Mickey and Akira, who were these representations of like altruism and, and basic human goodness, and yeah, then Mickey gets like <laughs> this really dragged out scene of somebody cutting her fucking spine out of her back, and uh, Rio gets beat to death. So yeah, that that's I. When we're talking about like hope for the future, maybe that like kind of like mm-hmm. thread that at the, at the end—it's a it's a bare thread to me, uh, because of the kind of the way they handle that middle plot as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's—I mean, I'm I'm still down with it to an extent because like so much of the Devil Man's character arcs becomes this forcibly uh, metaphorized thing of like the demons are, the the demons are your demons—they are your metaphorical demons and if you can overcome them you can become this very powerful much stronger thing because there will yes there will always be oppression in the universe there will always be god coming to kick his fuck your fucking teeth down your throat but you know there is as long as you can learn and change you know you can grow stronger and overcome that which is to me why that ending with satan realizing what love is and then the the uh, rebirth of the universe works but i will agree that there is this severe disconnect between Miki's death and the final battle where, mm-hmm. where like, Akira has this moment of, truly human beings are the monsters. Well, I guess let's go kill all the demons now. Wait. Yeah.
1: Oh, I think at the end what? he just wanted yeah. to – he was pissed off at Ryo and wanted to beat him up or some shit like that. Yeah, but I felt like Miki's death represented that humanity uh, didn't deserve to continue existing. That when they killed her, that was, like uh, – I can't really make the analogy of putting Jesus on the cross because that was him taking everybody's sins. It was basically an uh, it was the unforgivable act of humanity that proved that they they that we deserved whatever came next. And I think that we did uh, at least in that in Devil Man. Yeah, because I mean, the Satan was there to manipulate, but ultimately, I don't know. It it seemed like all the all the horrible acts at that point. Yeah, which is why that scene where everybody's hugging Devil Man just felt so out of place. Like, it felt <laughs> so like, it lead- yeah, like it was leading, yeah, it was leading every, I mean, I liked it. I thought that, like, I was like, is this going to be a turning point? It's a little awkward, but, okay, I get it. Um, but it it was just like a hiccup on the road, on this, like, death spiral that had been happening for the past three episodes. And it seemed so out of place. Like, everybody took a break from slowly, like, murdering each other and, like, doing drugs and, like ending up the the end of freaking Akita just to to hug devil man for five seconds. And then they went right back to business. It was so weird.
0: I I mean, I think it's at least meant to be another, like, you know, this time around is fucked, but look, here's an example of how people can come around. So like this, we're all not completely fucked forever, but also, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, him like uh yuasa and the the whole crew like including something like that they wanted to try to push forward that whole like war is bad narrative and you know we we gotta learn that like yeah like humans fucking suck they're terrible but not everybody is terrible like in small contained groups we're not so bad (laughs) But it, and in, in the larger scope of things, yeah, sometimes it's really hard to get along. Yeah, but even
1: then, like, half the people in in Team Mickey ended up betraying them as well, right? Yeah, that was another narrative <laughs> well, that I, mean, I didn't yeah. get. The, the short one saw Miko's glasses, and I, I didn't know what the significance of that was. Uh, I feel like that's the reason he turned on them, but I don't know what it was about her yellow sunglasses that, if he'd seen them before or something, that made him do that. Oh, maybe it was, did a... Were those originally worn by Butterfly Guy? Oh, okay, okay, that's it. He probably figured she killed him or something, maybe. All right.
2: He was like, oh, you're a demon because you killed, what's his name? So I'm going to get you before you get me. He did shoot at
1: her.
0: It's very not not subtle, but...
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's it's the whole, you know, creeping, you know, doubt narrative that, like, oh, I'm going to get you before you get me because (laughs) that's how the apocalypse rolls now mm-hmm. I guess um I did though like during that whole scene I just kept going Ah, oh, I would I would hug him he looks his legs look very furry <laughs> <and stuffed>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks like he would be nice to hug I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I I would. I
0: I would. Yeah. I mean, I I,
1: I liked the scene. I just, I just, I don't know where it connected with anything else in the story is. Yeah. yeah. In isolation, I was like, oh, great scene. (laughs) It's a little (laughs) ham-fisted.
0: Just a little bit. Like, I I'll, but... a, like I can see, like, we wanted to contrast this with the violence as ham-fistedly mm-hmm. as possible, but also, like, there was, there was no other place you could put this in here? Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I agree with the, you the that... The placing was a little weird. Uh, you also mm-hmm. was trying to make a more optimistic outlook. I just, it, mm-hmm. it felt mm-hmm. like there were two or three changes that he made uh, that didn't really, that felt awkward, I guess. It's... Yeah.
0: I I, th- I think the, the Crybaby keeps brushing up against the fact that it's it wants to make a hopeful version of a very bleak story. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's mm-hmm. it both wants to inject that but also it eventually is code by needing to follow the narrative beats. Like everybody has to fucking die.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting because like I've read things like I believe in uh, a long time ago, there used to be somebody had posted this this uh, this big thing that Gonagai had wrote for the bilingual version of the Devilman manga, mm. where he he ended what he said with like he uh, he had hope for the future, and uh, mm. and I think that was something that maybe like Yuasa kind of took like literally like you know maybe this is something that like I should run with like hope for the future but it's it's kind of hard to like you said it's really hard to sort of fit that into that sort of story because it it doesn't seem very hopeful at times mm. and sometimes you wonder like is that really something that fits in with this story but it's interesting to see how he tried to mm-hmm. to okay. make more of a uh, more of an effort to put that in there than going guy ever did
0: <laughs> yeah it's definitely I think it's definitely going to be a your mileage may vary kind of case I, I am I am it's it's an uneven project on the whole but I am super glad for his audition um, additions because like there are certain things that would be unbearable in the year of our Lord 2018 like uh <laughs> like the sad death of 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 Akira's hetero love interest at, at the hands of the machinations of of literal gay Satan. As they go mm. off to their final tragic battle where everybody dies and then he cries about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really know what to expect when uh, he said, like, oh, it's going to be true to the manga. It's going to have the manga ending. <laughs> like, all, like, what, ten of the Devilman fans on Twitter <laughs> at the time were like, what? Yeah, How is he going to pull that off? H-
0: how's that going? It's going to be interesting. <laughs> how's it going having and- this, this influx of new people? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I will say like, I personally don't uh really, the death of hope type stories aren't really my speed. So like, if you're cool with that, I think it's, it's a much more enjoyable experience Uh, after I, I, it's just basically how much tragedy you can take in, in your fiction that kind of, I think colors your perception of the story as a whole, if you watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, It's definitely one of those stories that it can be read in different ways. Uh, And like I was saying, like your miles may vary for sure. I mean, there's a lot of people who I knew that were like, oh, I'm going to try that crybaby thing. And they couldn't even get past one episode. Mm -hmm. And I can totally understand that because Devil Man is one of those things where it's like, there's not, it's, it's usually either, like, I am very into this or I am very not into this. <laughs> so well, I totally understand when people are like, I tried and I just could not
0: yeah, do it. it. It's definitely one of those cases where I think the extremity of the content, uh, you know, of the sex, if not the violence, at least, really tones down at the halfway mark. But there's also enough important stuff in those early, really messy, really extreme very trying to be shocking episodes that I'm not sure you can just say eh. Watch the premiere and then skip to X point. So it's it's like a tough right. recommend.
2: Yeah, it it really is. Uh, uh, especially if like your threshold, like you said, is is much uh smaller for those things like that. I mean, like I'm I'm a horror fan. Yeah. And I I've watched so many so many bad, bad horror things. <laughs> over the years so like my threshold is probably a lot higher mm-hmm. than a lot of people and i guess it also helped that like i already know the story of devil man so i knew what to expect um there were a lot of people who did not know what to expect and right. just went in totally blind and you know bless you all for trying mm-hmm. something new <laughs> yeah i'm sorry if it horrified you and scarred you deeply
0: (laughs) it it was definitely a case where once i got into the groove i was pretty into it but like during this like mostly during the photographer creeps on teen girls arc i was like oh i saw this handled way better in paranoia agent without the feeling that i'm supposed to be jerking it to these teenage girls cool Mm, yeah
2: yeah
1: that felt pretty unnecessary Um, just him period (laughs) that entire character uh, maybe it, I, it might have been yeah. as like sort of a lead into humans suck, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hell of a way to do it.
2: Like I, I really enjoy Iwas's work, and he uh, does a lot of really interesting things with uh, with properties like this. And so when you give him a lot of creative freedom, I feel like he really plays around with a lot of things, and sometimes that works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other times, he doesn't always, like, connect all the threads together as best he could. And it's like, uh, well, you tried, and it was at least interesting. Yeah. So I can forgive that. But there are a lot of people out there that don't particularly like his, like, style, like, visually mm-hmm. or thematically, which I also understand. But I feel like it really lends itself to Devil Man because Devil Man itself is, like, a really weird property, and he has a lot of, like, weird visual stylings and... Uh, and visual ticks so mm-hmm. for me it like worked but there are there are definitely times where I was like uh, the story kind of meanders and does weird stuff that I was like uh, that could have been better right
0: yeah no I, I mean you're right Yuasa is a, a great person to to give it to in, in terms of this is definitely going to be something new and interesting and exciting and and thoughtful like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the only other director I I could think who would be up to it thematically is the uh sadly late Satoshi Kone and his art style would be terrible for Devilman Man.
2: Yeah. It would have been really interesting to see him like direct a Devilman thing, but maybe not necessarily like do the character designs
1: and whatnot. I think I I think that'd be good. He does that uh very where like it becomes hyper real until it's grotesque kind of uh Art in some of his movies, I'd be interested. That's I true. mean, obviously, this. I mean,
2: it, it would be kind of interesting. I mean, considering that old OVA, like there were a lot of animators and stuff that worked on that old uh, Devilman OVA that uh, were Studio Ghibli animators.
0: Yeah, I definitely got to get a hold of that at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of scenes where like Miki looks almost like she could be in a Studio Ghibli movie. But... Oh no, that's. What's <laughs> that <way. laughs>
0: oh, no, that's terrible at <laughs> bad. I don't want this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's not completely, like, ghibli eyes, but, like, once you know that, you can kind of see it a little bit. Uh, but those those OVAs are, like, incredibly, like, beautifully animated. They're very, very detailed. They're very, very gorgeous. I keep, like, poking at Tech, like, hey, hey, you know those old OVAs would look really good on Blu-ray here, you know? <laughs> Like, wink, give wink, them time. Nudge, nudge.
0: They're, they're single-handedly re- <laughs> just, uh, rescuing every single old anime property. So, like, give it time.
2: I know it's it's hard work for them.
0: <laughs> it would be nice if we. Ha- I mean, but I don't know if they'll bother. But a Devil Man Crybaby set might be nice, actually. I hope that Netflix puts out a
2: Blu-ray of uh, Crybaby, and it would be great if they had like some like director commentary on there or oh, something. Yes. Oh, I'd buy that in a second. I don't know if they
1: do physical <laughs> media, although I do think they sometimes sell the IPs to other companies to do physical for them.
2: Yeah, because I know... Was it Sentai released um, Knights of Cedonia. Um, Some of their other, like, Netflix original stuff... Uh, like, I, knew, I know Orange is the New Black got a DVD release and a Blu-ray release, but I can't remember if they... Sold that to somebody else to release or if they did it themselves. Yeah, it was
1: sent to Filmworks. I happen to have the Nice oh. Sony box set right here. So yeah, I guess they, ah, they I sold guess. it over to them.
2: So I'm like somebody <laughs> somebody
0: please <laughs> Help. Please. <laughs> I guess anyone want uh, do either of you have kind of wrap up final thoughts on Crybaby? Or Devil Man generally?
2: Um, I, I just really think it's interesting how we went from nobody in the Western world gave a shit about Devilman <laughs> to everybody loves Devilman <laughs> almost overnight. Uh, and I kind of think it's great. Um, I would really encourage if you did like Crybaby to when the original manga gets re-released here in English to check it out because I feel like Go Nagai is one of those uh one of those mangaka that really influenced a whole bunch of people like a whole generation of manga artists and we don't really know a whole lot about him here in the English speaking world and I feel like just now people are starting to be like oh yeah we're connecting the dots kind of like what I was saying earlier and um so if if you did enjoy that like definitely check that out And see where some of your favorite uh, manga artists got inspiration for stuff like Berserk or (laughs) uh, Evangelion or, you know, a million other things. Uh, It's it's kind of like an an interesting history lesson, but you're learning it backwards. (laughs)
0: Peter?
1: Mm, I'd say similar note, although uh, just from what I've seen so far, I think Onigai's story is much messier than what Yuasa put together. I think it, Yuasa's might be messy because it was trying to straighten out a lot of things and kind of make a through line for the story as well.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I'd say I, it, it is definitely worth watching. It's quite the visual spectacle uh, and it does have some very good moments. Uh just so long as you're down to uh watch a lot of violence um sex demons and uh you're okay with uh, the highest level of tragedy that anime can achieve. Oh,
0: the body horror is so good though. God, it's so yeah, good. Really. Yep. It really is.
2: It really is. Um you also at at Anime Fest, you know, when asked about Devilman, he said uh it was a lot of hard work and He's really proud of it, and he thinks it's really beautiful, and he hopes everybody enjoyed it.
0: Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) All right. right. I'd I'd say that about, uh, yeah, I would say that about wraps it up. Thank you so much for joining us, by the way. It it would be really great to, um, you know, have you back sometime.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I I was honestly, like, kind of (laughs) nervous. Oh, nah.
0: Nah. Great. (laughs) Listeners, tell her she was great. She was great. (laughs)
2: thank you thank you yeah definitely we'll we'll have
0: to do this again sometime i like talking about older series
2: yes all right talking about older things is kind of my brand now (laughs) i guess (laughs) it's
0: a good brand it's a good brand as we become old and crotchety in the sphere. all right well listeners if you enjoyed this podcast you can always find more of our work on soundcloud and if you can leave a rating or review you know we always appreciate that If you would like to support the work that we do here and help us do more of it, you can toss us a dollar on Patreon at patreon.com slash animefeminist. Every dollar helps. We really appreciate it to help pay our editors and contributors. You can also talk to us on facebook.com slash animefeminist and on twitter.com twitter slash animefeminist or on tumblr at tumblr.com slash animefeminist or animefeminist.tumblr.com. Wow. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Till next time, Anifam.